Hello, and welcome to episode nine of the Will You Be My Friend podcast. Today I have my friend Chris Wabich on, who is truly one of the better drummers I've ever met. Incredible player, incredible educator, and uh, I was really stoked that he was down to have a conversation with me and hang out for a little bit. Um, so yeah, this was, this was a really good one. Without further ado, enjoy my conversation with Chris. Chris Wabich. Eric how's, Davis. How's it going, man? Good. It's good, the, uh, good. It's the giant separation experiment. Yeah, man. It's been a while since I've seen a lot of my friends. How about yourself? Well, I, it's weird. I had some work in the uh, East Coast, and then I was going to come back to L.A. Mm-hmm. and decided I, uh, well, my last stop was visiting my dad for a couple mm-hmm. days, and it was like that's when everything went crazy. Mm. And my flight home was going to be through DC, which got completely shut down. And, and like they had an outbreak and I was like, well, I'll just stay at my dad's and let that pass and maybe get re- rebook. And I was like, nah, it's not happening. Mm. So basically I'm just hanging out here until things improve. But, um, my dad's stepmom are here and, mm. um, my girlfriend Susan is here. So we're just oh, wow. all shopping around. We're just doing stuff. So yeah, that's why yeah. I- yeah, it's crazy. It's it's very, uh, in a way, stressful, but in a way, it's a good place to be here because um, no one's here. <laughs> it's pretty remote. It's pretty remote where oh, I'm wow. at. So the chances of you getting infected or anything are pretty low out there. Uh, in the whole county, there are now, I think, 19 cases, but four mm. of them are from people from who are out of town. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, anything can happen. Yeah. It's going to roll through here. This is a roll through everyone else, but your numbers are pretty low here. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. But I'm is- watching LA and I'm like, I would, I would die to be home right now. Just shedding in my own house. Yeah. Man. You know? Yeah. Um, but it would be, it's again, I can shed here, hmm. you know, and that's okay. It's like, you know, just, we're all just kind of like trying to do the best with our time. But, um, so maybe this is an uh, maybe this is a what do you call that? Maybe this is a bigger reason mm. that I'm here right now. I don't know. Yeah, how has it been spending time with uh, your dad and your stepmom? Good. Cool. Good. My my dad is almost seventy nine now, and he's uh, uh, he's Parkinson's, so mm. it mess, messes with his cognitive ability a little bit. Mm. Um, but. Uh, you know, if you treat him like like a ten year old kid and just go, hey, go here do this, and he's he's fine and he's happy. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's just it, what's funny is like the local reaction to what's going on versus what's really going on. Like, say in L.A. or New York, I would understand full on. Everyone's got like, oh shit, this is for real. I got to duck and cover. And yeah. Here, it's kind of like people do the right thing for the most part, but it doesn't seem like there's a real reason yet. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's a few deaths, but it's, they're mostly like people are watching the, the evening news getting scared. Mm. That's all. Yeah, man. It's a unprecedented times. Yeah. I was saying it's kind of awesome. I mean, yeah. I was saying it's a great time. I'm saying it's like, in our lifetime, we've never seen anything like this. Mm-hmm. It's that everything just shut down and it's fascinating to watch. 
Mm-hmm. And hopefully everyone will remain optimistic through it. I think no one's melted down yet that I know mm-hmm. of. Nice. I know if knew people that got hit with it and they're recovering, but they're, they said it was terrible. Oh, you know people who have had the coronavirus. Yeah, and I, I don't want to see who they are because yeah, oh, they yeah. their thing, you know, it's, maybe sure. they won't be the same. Um, yeah, and I'm sure as time goes by, we're going to know more people. We'll personally know lots of people. That's difficult. But. Yeah, they're saying that, you know, in about a week or so, L.A. is supposed to be really in the thick of things. Yes. And yeah. I'm keeping track of it. There's, a, there's an app you can see the confirmed cases by CDC. Oh, really? And, yeah. And it's uh, pretty interesting, like, which neighborhood is like blown up with it? Mm. <laughs> You're kind of like, okay, you guys don't wash your hands. <laughs> <laughs> you look at like the other neighborhoods are like, okay, you guys are pretty clean. Yeah. You're not scratching your butt. <laughs> <laughs> or at least watching, washing your hands after scratching your butt. Yeah, it's very important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I saw, I don't know if it was connected to the same app, but I saw it was like, West Hollywood was like up there, Blown like up. the third or fourth one. And then Melrose was up there. And um, it's funny, like all the San Fernando kind of more suburban areas are way down low in the list. Yeah. It's crazy. So far. So yeah. far. Yeah. Or they're just not getting tested or whatever, but probably it's too late. Mm. It's probably rolled through everywhere and everyone that's already got it is going to get it. And you just got to weed it out. So Wild, man. it's fascinating. And I, in a way I envy the people that already have it and are on the mend because they don't have to worry about catching it because <laughs> of the, I mean? the antibodies and everything. Yeah. They'll be pretty much immune to it in, in a few weeks and then yeah. they won't, it won't affect that. You know, it's like, I don't want to run out and get it, but it's like, you know, the main thing for me is like, I, a lot of people feel the same way. I feel like I could, I could survive it. I could be okay. Hmm. But if my, if I'm around my dad, mm. he gets it from me. I def, I make it zero percent chance that's going to happen. So I don't want to fly back. Um, I can drive back, but when? Exactly. Do I want to wait for the the apex of the thing, and and risk it, or do I want to just go ahead and show up now and just quarantine the hell out of myself, mm. or what? You know, I have some friends along the way. I can stay there and hide out for a few weeks too, but. Mm. I think I'm just going to hang out here at least two more weeks and mm. see what happens and then um, make a decision. Wild. Besides this app, have, are there like main news sources or podcasts or anything that you've been getting most of your information from? It's all from the news. Cool. Everyone glued to that. And I, <laughs> it's so funny. Like after a while, it's so re- repetitive and you already know what the problem is. Yeah. So once mission is, is, is received and you understand what the, what you're up against, it's not really worth listening to anymore. Yeah, man. Especially the people that don't exactly get it. Yeah. So other people in this house want to watch it like in the morning and stuff. And I don't, so I'm like making omelets for people like to make it all. <laughs> so I got my headphones in and I'm listening to like P funk. <laughs> totally. Everybody else is like, you know, listen to this bad report of all these dead. They're like, did you see that? And I'm like, nah, man, I'm just listening to, you know, all this crazy, like, funk music and stuff. And 
Yeah. Keep my brain active. It's it not going to change, you know. Yeah, it's it's a wild thing. Like, uh, like it's difficult to compare it to something like the nine eleven attack, like something that happened once, and it was this traumatic thing that was the singular event. It's like we're in the middle of this pandemic that is lasting weeks and weeks, and there's so many times where like I'll kind of get caught up in writing a song or whatever, and I'll forget about it, and then yep. I'll like I'll have to re-realize the weight of the situation, and yeah. It's kind of yeah. exhausting. Well, here's the funny thing is like, and this is bizarre, but I was about two months ahead of the curve of being fired from everything. Like everyone now is out of work and they're all like, they don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, as you know, like last year I went to China for like almost four months. Yeah. And I was in Europe for a month. And so as of January, my whole year in China was canceled. Everything. Oh, and then wow. I, I got it's meant to go to Thailand to teach for another thing. And that was canceled. So it was like, I, I had already planned on at least about half of the year being gone. Hmm. And then it was like, okay, that's not happening. So now I got to scramble. And I go, well, what do you, what do you want to do with the time you just gained? And I go, well, I'm actually really enjoying staying home and practicing these days hmm. a lot. I just want to stay home and practice. Like that's a weird thing to say, but I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. And, um, and so, I mean, like yourself, you invested in your whole year doing this self journey. And I was like, in, in tune with that. And, and, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, it's something that I agree with and, and feel like it's time well spent. And you mm -hmm. feel good after it. You know, you just feel like, okay, I actually did something productive. And uh, anyway, I was looking forward to it. And, um, and I said, well, yeah, there's some stuff I could fix on my house's little broken repairs, like little doors and crap. So yeah. I started doing that stuff and then everyone's like, oh yeah, this pandemic and everyone's out of work now. I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> fine. doesn't change my plan. <laughs> I'm just frustrated that I'm not at home practicing right now, you know? Yeah, I hear you. Have you it's been really able to practice a bit at your dad's house? Yeah. If you saw any videos I put on Facebook recently or, or Instagram, is like, they're just really silly things, but um, I'm just kind of doing a, a, deep, a deep cleanse on on things that I, sh how do I say, um, practicing things I don't normally practice, mm. really shit. Yeah, not just like weird things, but like usually I'm the person they call to do something like, you know, unusual or strange or hard. Mm. Whereas like when you practice easy stuff, it really points out your timing and your posture and your balance and your groove and where you're at. Mm -hmm. And um, I can get pretty close just just out of years of experience. But then like to really play it, that extra like 1% mm -hmm. is, yeah, it's way more hard work than anything. Yeah, man. Are you talking yeah. about like specific feels or like figures or time signature mm -hmm. stuff or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I spend more years, spent more years in intellectual development. So my intellectual development is far more advanced than my, uh, I don't know what to say. It's just far more advanced. So like, yeah. When I was a kid, I was obsessed about technique, right? And, mm. and getting chops together and that's never left. But then I have much less chops by far now than I ever did because I'm mm. more concerned about ideas and yeah. ideas, are, ideas aren't 
about chops at all. It's about what do you have to say? Hmm. And so now I'm like, well, I should maybe spend uh, a uh, considerable amount of time doing target practice. Hmm. Like here's this idea is there's, there's no perfect way of doing something, but there's a perfect uh, version of it for you. Right. Exactly. And if you look at people that spent their whole life doing that, you're like, that's pretty dang good, man. I want a piece of that. And how do you do that? And it's me more about, it's more about the emotion behind it. And the it's like relaxed and you have, you have a command over every little piece of it. Hmm. Every gear of that one thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. You so, get to the point where it's like, the back half of your brain is just doing its second nature. And yes. then the front part of your brain can actually think about like, okay, well, what, what, what's the crowd doing? And what's this musician, you know, where's he going? Where's she going? Yeah. I think I've spent a lot of time like with ideas and listening and being a part of something. And I think maybe, Sometimes the music would be served better if you resisted that by 20% and you stay on your game. You stay on what you're, you stay home. You know what I'm saying? Like you listen to a good funk band. Those guys don't interact much at all. Mm. Very rarely. And you go, what makes that funky? You go, well, it's funky because they're not like jazzing it up. It's so interesting. I was listening to a Instagram live concert earlier today i had some friends who like put together a bill and they all were doing instagram live one after another and um this one girl the really incredible songwriter got on and was playing this bossa nova tune so she started her computer that had this bossa nova kind of a clave drum beat to it yeah and in one of the choruses she uh she dropped an eighth note but she didn't <laughs> but she didn't realize that she dropped yeah. an eighth note so yeah. then so then all of a sudden all of the clave accents on her everything. drum beat was everything was displaced by an eighth note but right. but 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 she didn't like she kept that displaced eighth note for the rest of the song like another two choruses or something and part of me was like, oh, damn, like, this is really hip. Like, if I, if I heard this in a jazz setting, I would think it was really cool. But yes. another part of my brain was thinking, like, this is objectively no longer bossa nova. Like, it's not, it's not at all what it was. And right. I was, it, it made me think a lot about, like, the difference between you know, interacting and communicating with other musicians and then just like holding something down. Yeah. Yeah, man. There's a threshold, right? And you can't just like chase people around. That's silly. And then you can't just hold your own and not and ignore people. That's, that's no fun for anybody. Totally. Um, but like, so for example, uh, here's a good example. Mm -hmm. the, the song Use Me by Will Withers, right? Yeah, totally the most misplayed song in the universe. Everyone plays it and <laughs> overdo it. They overdo yeah. it. Like, I'm going to be funky right now. And then they overplay. Yeah. They put too much energy in it. And what makes the original cool is that no one's really messing around. It's really mm. straight. And so if you told people in a room, you said, okay, let's play Use Me. Here's the song. You get one fill. Otherwise, you, you play your part. You get one fill. 
right? It yeah. will spot. Where's it going to be? If it's up to you, but you better make it good. Uh-huh. That makes it that makes the pressure to be like, okay, then you know what the mission is, right? Are you and talking think, one fill for the whole song or one fill? Song. Okay, cool. You get one little like, get, 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 get. Right? Instead of like every four bars, everyone's doing, you know, like forget that. Yeah. And that's, that's what distracts it from it being cool. Is like everyone's trying to like put too much energy into it. Mm. It's just a vibe. The, the thing just cruises right along. Yeah. Bill Withers doesn't play any guitar fills. Mm. It strums the whole song, right? So... Um, that one comes to mind whenever I hear cover bands play that I just I don't hate on it it's either just people are just jamming over it it's fine it's a vehicle for jamming but then you're like if you're going to play the song or I play a concept like that mm. you have to sort of like give into it you know you have to yeah you have to. And, and then the, the opposite is like when it's something that's improvisational and you never repeat yourself you mm. just go off you know, it's it's very off the cuff, and it's a one-time statement, a one-time listen, pretty much. Hmm. Um, never to be repeated. Then that's just about emotion and intention, and really trying to get out what you what your feelings are. Hmm. And I seem to be able to do that a lot easier. <laughs> well, I think it's less. Um, it's more abstract, so it's easier to. Uh, I think when the when a less abstract, more concrete thing is done horribly, it's more obvious. But when, a, when an abstract thing is done horribly, it's like, ah, oh, maybe, maybe that's what Chris was hearing or maybe that's what Eric was hearing or whatever. Like you don't. Yeah. 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 Well, but see all my abstractions are from very solid backbones. Mm. So it, like, yeah, I never just like solo free. It's always like the, the theme or like over a tune or a, a cycle or something. Hmm. And I feel like, or a melody, right? So, hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, how do I say it? It's just, um, the, more, the more grounded it is in a, in a concept, mm-hmm. the more you can be free over it. Hmm. You're like a skeleton, right? Yeah. Oh. It says low battery. Ah, plug in the the uh, the wow, battery zoom. wizards. Yeah, I was like it. I was like it, like seventy percent when I ring you up. Oh, really? That's crazy. What uh, what phone are you working on? Trainus. Oh yeah. There you uh, go. I want a seven. Nice, nice. Wouldn't recommend but, um, it. <laughs> so what about you man so what what are you working on now that your year of writing is well one of the things that i feel about my year of writing is that it was a very long process of me not choosing myself to be good enough to like put something out, I think. Um, because I, and I think that was part of my desire in wanting to like get better at songwriting is like, Oh, I'm not good enough yet. So I need to be better at songwriting. Mm. And, um, 
I think that that's a scary way to think about it because there's never really a good enough. Um, So I'm just in the process of trying to choose myself and like accept that I am as good as I am and that is good enough to be releasing music in a little more of a like a proper sense because there is a difference between putting a song on Instagram like hastily recorded and then like tracking a song and getting it mixed and mastered and releasing yep. on Spotify or even trying to shop it around to a record label or something. Um, but now with this Corona stuff, it kind of changes everything in that like I was planning on doing a kickstarter in april to fund like a re-recording of the record that i put out and like a reimagining. and i uh i have like this live show projection element that i think we've talked about that um i played at the release show that i have been working on and like trying to make it better and uh i wanted to like pitch all of that to a record label and try and do something with it. But mm-hmm. now with, with this crisis and pandemic, I think like doing a Kickstarter is basically out of the question. Like I don't feel, I don't feel right asking for multiple thousands of dollars from my friends and family when, you know, there's, there's a lot of, of other things that are a little more important. So um, I think I'll just, like right now I have this cover of what a wonderful world that I'm intending to track and record something I should have done today. And I just didn't, but um, it would be good if I came up with another sort of a plan because before with the song a day it was very clear and it was very specific and there was this public accountability element to it. Um, but now without that, it's like, Oh, like, do I try and release a single a month? Is that realistic? Do I try and do a single a week? I don't know. I was doing, I was doing this thing on Instagram that I was calling song of the week where I was writing, I was writing a new song Monday through Friday and then posting all of those on my story and then having people use the slider and this like uh, a yeah. little kind of application button thing in the Instagram stories to let me know like how much they liked it. And the one that would get the most amount of likes, I would like write out fully. Um, mm-hmm. But after, after doing a couple weeks of that, it just kind of felt like a, it felt like a, a longer extension of the three, six, five project where I was, spending a lot amount of I was spending a lot of time working on songs that weren't like um I don't know weren't like my best songs which during my 365 project I learned a lot of lessons by having to sit down and work on songs that I didn't necessarily love uh but now that that's over I think that I should like I don't yeah. know spend my yeah. time on the good shit sure yeah. Yeah, I think it's a uh, you spend a year as a craftsman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so there's it's two different two different types of musicians. You're a craftsman or you're an artist. A craftsman is 
knowledgeable and, and able to put things together and, and build things. Whereas an artist is able to say things. Mm. Craftsman put them together, right? So mm. um, I definitely see myself more as an artist, more of an artist and craftsman. That's why I'm practicing craftsman-esque target practice. Mm. There's, there's studio guys who can play so much better with a click than I can on certain things. I mean, certain things I'm fine, but you know what I mean? Like, cause they do it every day. They yeah. just punch a click and they're, they're playing like, they're playing to a click every single day. So they, they're able to negotiate that. Um, and actually as a whole, as a society now, these days, no one's playing, doing studio stuff every day like they used to. Yeah, man. So one's a little bit behind. And so I, I got a piece of the, old studio days by watching those people and going, man, that's, you watch some of those guys, what they did, you know, they had this like real guys playing everything, not before MIDI sort of took over, you know? Mm. And it's pretty impressive what they're doing, you know? And in a way it's getting back to it now because you see a lot of live performance with tracks and the tracks don't budge, so you have to fit in. Mm. And there's a certain element of people that are really, really good at it. Mm. But you can tell that they've they spent a lot of time with that track. Yeah. So I feel like now it's like there was an era where you were the backbone of the music as a rhythm section player. Mm. And now it's like the track is the backbone and the musicians just kind of fuck around. Yeah. So I'm practicing the older way of being the backbone. Because mm. I can fuck around with a click as good as anybody. Yeah think maybe i suck but <laughs> i don't know <laughs> but the, cra- the craftsman part is like you are you are the yeah i don't you know what i mean like you don't hear a band like cz top or something these days mm. it's just super razor sharp tight yeah you know what i mean like if you hear yeah. that a yeah, band like that they got a, a click going like for example steely dan plays live to click you're mm. like really cut that off man well, it, yeah. it also doesn't surprise me. I mean, given the, the emphasis on studio musician, like yes. vibe in general, but I mean, yeah. even, even the critique of you don't see a band these days, X, Y, and Z, it's almost kind of just more simply, you don't see a band these days, <laughs> period. <laughs> like, like the, the, the biggest <laughs> acts right now and everybody winning, winning Grammys, they're going out and uh, it's just one or two people on stage. Yeah. Three. Um, yeah. And uh, the whole, yeah. this whole phenomenon of like DJs. I was, I was hanging out with this girl a couple weeks ago and she was on her Instagram live and she was like, oh, one of my favorite DJs is on instagram yep. live and she pulls it up and uh i was just talking to her for like 10 minutes like what is he doing and why is he a dj and like what is what does dj mean and i i basically came to the conclusion that i i guess a dj these days is someone who makes their own beats and presses play in front of a live audience and that's the difference between like a producer and a dj is a producer is someone who makes beats and a dj is someone who also presses play to those beats (laughs) in front of a live audience i know and um it's all it's it's very new to me yeah 
Yeah, it's crazy. And I, I think that's going to flame out, honestly. You think so? I think so, because uh, there's nothing to watch. Mm. There's no visual element unless they have a video com- companion, you know, a video they're projecting. But otherwise, it's just a guy with a laptop, and they're not doing anything. They're waving their hands and screaming at you, maybe. But Yeah, um, I think it's like uh, I've never been to a proper kind of like a rave or DJ situation like that, but I'm, I'm under the assumption that there's a, there's a spectacular light show and yeah. then what I've also yeah. heard from people is just the sound of the sound system and Sounds the sound of, yeah, of, uh, of the electronic instruments is so compelling, yeah. like that in and of itself. And sure. it kind of reminds me to how people must have felt during the 60s and 70s, like hearing guitar distortion for the first time. Because yes. then they were going from a phrase where it was no longer triads and seven chords like they're they're now just playing <laughs> power chords and adding distortion yeah. and yes. people are going crazy over it right yes yeah, true i mean the thing is like when the gadgets change and the soundscape changes um yeah it is a new experience for people and it has a course but then if the music's boring once those people have kids their kids are not going to be into it mm. They're gonna they're gonna seek the next thing, and so if you think of the history of the product of music, mm-hmm. uh, once it got off pencil and paper in a symphony orchestra, once it got into recorded medium, the musicians wrote and produced and experienced for whatever gadget was popular. Mm. Like basically, we we're hired to. Yeah, we, we write songs or whatever, but we were hired to sell the gadget. Hmm. So when it was LPs, you didn't have crazy bass because the needle would skip out of the vinyl. Hmm. It wouldn't handle it. Or crazy panning, you put the bass on one side and the needle would just go boop and it would skip that. Yeah. You couldn't do it, so you had to shave off all those frequencies. And, and then when CDs came in, the, the D, uh, A to D converters were terrible, and so the stuff sounded really bad. So it was like they were floundering for a while. But then once they got that together, then hip-hop culture went crazy with the bass and destroyed mm. people's ears for a long time. Mm. You know what I mean? So now that's translating to live where everyone's got subs going and the subs are like, it's intense. Yeah, totally. And But that's the very thing that makes all the music muddy. Mm. So when you go to like a rock show and you, you can't hear vocals, it's always because the subs are too loud. Mm. But it works for a DJ culture because... There are no vocals. Yeah, it doesn't matter what the lyrics are, right? If there's anybody, (laughs) they're just saying something like once in a while. Yeah. So it works, right? And so basically the gadgets determine the direction of music. Hmm. So what's really changed about electric guitar in the last 50 years? I mean, maybe the 80s had a bunch of pedals and delays and stuff. Yeah. But it still sounds good to plug in and turn it up and just hit a power chord. Oh, totally. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and so the the earth has heard that. Everyone's mm-hmm. heard it. Yeah. So it's like, okay. So then what's the new gadget now, you know? Mm-hmm. So I get it. I get what the attraction is, but then the DJ thing with the new gadgets and the subs and everything has been around for about 15 years. Like been a pretty popular culture and people had a good run with it. Yeah. So I think it's going to flame out. Yeah. I think people get it's that's that's one generation's worth. Yeah. 
Have, did you ever listen to the Billie Eilish record? Do you know who she is? Sure. Did you listen to her record? I listened to a couple songs. Yeah, I I was I was really impressed with her, and like after I I only really checked it out after the whole Grammy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like a lot of her songwriting was very strong. There was there was some melodic yeah. content that really caught me off guard, and yeah. there was like a very casual um, vibe from like the vocal production that I thought was refreshing from like a pop scenario. And uh, a lot of the lyrics were like fairly brilliant. I thought it was. So it, it it's interesting. I've been watching. I've never seen her live, but I've been watching a lot of her live shows on YouTube, just trying to like understand what that experience would be like to go see like one person in a huge, <laughs> in a huge like arena or something, and to to still have this huge sound, but just seeing like one or two people on stage. Yeah, I don't know. I would. I would feel so strange. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's kind of weird. Um, yeah, I. it's hard to say. I mean, that no one can predict what the next thing is going to be. Yeah. But maybe this break from live performance will be an answer to that question. Mm. Because one thing about it is, like, with social media and live performance and touring and all of the streaming, mm it's so many directions and nobody like you can win one of them, but you won't win all of them. Mm. You can win the internet with an Instagram, funny video, like the stuff that Lewis Cole did in his house. That's really smart and funny and cool. Um, doesn't translate to SoundCloud. doesn't translate. So you just, you put that same song on SoundCloud, it would get no traction probably or some, but not the same. So now you got all these different things you got to win. Um, so now you've just removed a big one. Mm. You removed live performance. Yeah. And so people who are extremely famous and extremely uh, entrenched as uh, veterans of the scene are also not working. Right? So yeah. there is no James Taylor tour. He's been touring every year since, what, the 60s? Right, so he's yeah. he's taking time off like us. So it's like, well, damn. So now everybody has access to anybody they want. Mm. If you wanted to ring up one of the people in his band and record with, they're not doing anything right now. Mm. You can pop a track to them. Could get back to you. <laughs> really fascinating. It's a really fascinating time, and I feel like now there's this percolation where people are like hitting me up and send me something, anything. What do you got? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm stranded in North Carolina with no recording equipment. I got nothing. <laughs> Sorry, man. I hear you, man. Is there like a are are stores closed up there in North Carolina? Yeah, this week was a lockdown, like LA. Oh, wow. this week was the um, what do you call it? Um, a shelter at place. home. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, and I, I don't think it's absolutely necessary here, but what happened was there was a local, like a, there was an, a social function a few weeks ago. It was like some kind of weird dance, dance function mm-hmm. and four people got it from one guy. Whoa. So that just means any social function could take off. Like totally. That. So they say, okay, enough. Mm. So I understand that it's cool. 
I have yeah. to say, I have to go on a slight rant if you don't mind. Oh, please. This is, <laughs> this is the platform. Please. <laughs> if anyone's listening, just bear with me because I, I don't really, I don't hate anyone. I don't hate anything. Let me just start sure. with that. Sure. And I'm not picking on a product or something, but I have to say, as a, a uh, observer of human, um, human, what do you call this? Not human nature, of just uh, action. What mm-hmm. people have done mm-hmm. in the last month. Uh, yeah. Say, I seem to be most let down by Trader Joe's. <laughs> it's the weirdest ah. thing in the world. But I'm watching what's going on in LA, mm-hmm. and I'm watching what's going on here. And okay, it's a cheap place to shop, mm-hmm. right? It's they, you could you could be a blind person and you could walk in there and just grab stuff off the shelf, and it would taste pretty good. Oh, hundred percent, yeah, yeah. They're good with the products, right? Yeah, and the price is generally pretty good. But why is it the first place people went to when shit hit the fan? Like that place was empty first. Yes. Okay. Fine, it's just people making their their choice. But why were the Trader Joe's people the first to hoard? Mm. Why were the Trader Joe's crowd the first people to hoard? Are they are they the most nimby of the people? I don't know. I went there. I didn't really hoard, but I went there. Yeah. Okay, that's one question. I'm not pointing the finger and saying they are. I'm saying it's one question. Second question: Why was Trader Joe's the last of the major chains to offer senior hours? Because a bunch of people got on Twitter and said, "Why aren't you doing this? What the hell's wrong with you?" Mm. And they're going, "Well, we feel it would just encourage them to go out of the house more." And you go, "Well, then why is everybody else doing it? Mm. Why is every store trying to save them?" And you're like, "Yeah, mm. some fucker you going in there." Third yeah. thing, it's a question. It's not an accusation. Sure. Third thing is, they still don't allow their workers to wear gloves in the store or masks. Oh, really? You're an employee. You should be able to go to work and be safe. If that makes you feel mm. more safe. Yeah. So they said no. And I think Costco is the same way. Maybe I'm wrong about Costco, but I, I read, have read that the, the request has been denied. The last time I was at Trader Joe's, and sorry if I'm cutting you off. The last oh, time I was at Trader Joe's, which was three or four days ago, it was my first time waiting in line to get into a grocery store. It was a very wild experience. I had about a half an hour to really think about the current state of things. They did this stack um, fine. Finally, that's good. That's a good thing. Yeah, totally. And then um, there was a greeter at the front of the line offering hand sanitizer to everyone and then also letting people know when they could enter the store. And he was wearing gloves. Okay. And I got inside the store and I was just curious about the glove situation. You're right, no one, none of the none of the workers were wearing masks. I think the manager was wearing gloves. And I okay. remember being surprised that not very many of the cashiers were wearing gloves. I don't remember if any of them were or not, but I remember being surprised. Could be because of the touch screen and the glove prevents the touch, but you can get gloves for that. Sorry. But Anyway, it's just a question, and they've been the workers and and people on Twitter have been attacking them. Saying, why don't you let us well? So maybe now their policies change, but why should it change? Because people are complaining, it should change for the safety of the people. Yeah. yeah. So 
the thing I noticed about my area, which is being here, you, we have Whole Foods, Trader mm-hmm. Joe's, and they have a local chain called Ingles, which is like Vons, right? Yeah. Um, and then you have the other kind of stores. So the thing you noticed immediately was the most hoardy people first here were the Trader Joe's people. And if you mm-hmm. go there, the least hoardy people in the place was at the local farmer's market. Oh, like interesting. About, you know, like you go to Silver Lake Farmer's Market, it's like yeah. tents on the street. We don't have that. Mm-hmm. Here, it's like this giant warehouse that looks like a, an airplane hangar. Mm-hmm. And it's just these hillbilly dudes with their, like, you know, their, their stash of stuff. And they talk to you like, how you doing? I'm awesome. Corn and potatoes. And, yeah. and they help you out, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and nobody's there. It's only local people. Huh. And you're like, this is the freshest food around. If you were yeah. like a smart, educated person who likes Trader Joe's, why wouldn't you come here first? To totally. save this place. Nobody there. Wow. Very, very interesting. The one thing that I could think about the farmer's market is that I know that a lot of people are hoarding foods that aren't perishing very quickly. Like True. rice and canned the goods. Frozen, the frozen deal, yeah. Yeah, and stuff like that typically isn't available at farmer's markets. Correct. But yeah, man, I mean, I I myself felt like, not early on, but this last time I went to Trader Joe's, I saw an item that I wanted. I think it was rice or something. And I, my instinct was to grab three or four of them. And then yeah. I had to, I had to think to myself, no, like I can... I can just take two. That's fine. I kind of had yeah. to talk myself out of the the hoarding instinct, but um, sure. yeah, it's definitely a human experience. And I don't know if it, it sounds like what you're speculating is that it could be even more so like a white middle class kind of experience. Because I feel like I that's say, I don't want to say it, but I did, but it could be said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you know that. It makes sense. I, I, uh, I, I can't. I can't refute that. Yeah, and I, and it's so okay. This is really interesting to talk about. But when yeah. the very first hoarding started, it was all about toilet paper. Okay. I happened, the, the, so I uh, happened to South Carolina, right? Uh huh. Um, about six hours from here, where yeah. I am now. And so uh, my stepmom, she rang me up and said, hey, so everyone's out of toilet paper in town. And I have some, but I'm worried about my family. Her dad's like 95 years old and her sister's diabetic and all this stuff. He's like, can you just get enough if you happen to be out? Can you get enough at least for my family just for a month or something? Like you don't go crazy. So I went to a few stores all gone yeah so driving back here i stopped instead of taking the highway i took all the back roads because it was just more pleasant and more you know you get to see like farms that fell over and funny stuff it's really cool right wow so i stopped at every family dollar store (laughs) like maybe once an hour you'd see one i go i stop and check it out what they got the family dollar stores the poor black neighborhoods all had hand sanitizer and toilet paper. Wow. Almost 100%. Yeah. 
So I'm not saying your theory is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> My experience, I was able to, <laughs> in a butt crisis, uh, figure it out. By, but it's not like I intentionally stopped there. I was just like, hey, man, here's a family dollar. Stop. And you go, oh, where is it? It's in a poor black neighborhood. They have everything. These guys are just chill. I was like, so wacky, you know? That's wild. Yeah, the uh, the one spot that I was able to find a little bit of meat and onions like a week ago was Smart and Final. But all the uh, all the grocery stores, I mean, I, I didn't even try and go to Whole Foods, but all, all the other grocery stores that I went were totally clear out. Mm. But uh, but yeah, man, I can't I can't disagree with you on this. Interesting. It's a, yeah. it's interesting to watch people as an observer and go. I'm not pointing a finger at, at a certain class or certain type of. I'm saying even even like the the local store, the Ingles had the hoarding, right? And Walmart, of course. But you go, okay, really? When it really boils down to it, and something may happen in the country, what happened? And you go, people. It's like it still is every man for himself. It's pretty chaotic. Yeah. And is that good or bad? Uh, not for me to say, but it's like it's fascinating to. Uh, to observe it and and feel that instinct, whether you do it or don't, you're just like um, it. It points a finger at what's important to you, and you go, "Me and mine." It's really weird. It's really weird. This has come up in our lifetime to point that out to people. You have to really rethink yourself. You know, as a species, you know, oh, a little bug almost wiped you out, and what did you do? Yeah, it's like, yeah. and so for me, it's it's caused me to um, to just think more about. Um, it caused me more to think about how to preserve and not be a jerk in this situation. Yeah, yeah man, you know? I uh, I heard this very kind of intellectual podcast once about this subject that they were calling spiral dynamics and it has to do with like levels of consciousness that human beings have acquired over generations mm-hmm. and um you can pin it through you can pin it through like the history of man but you could also pin it through the lifetime of the individual so there's like the first layer of consciousness is when you're an infant and you're 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 really not very conscious but that's like the first level and then it kind of spirals upward into these different levels of consciousness and from that perspective um and I know I barely explained that at all but just to say from that from that perspective of spiral dynamics someone might say that the reason for the hoarding is because they instantly jumped way down to this primitive level of consciousness. Right. Um, So yeah, it's like on one hand we could think about it as maintaining kindness, maintaining selflessness, but also just trying to like maintain like a modern awareness and not going back to that like survival flight or fight or flight kind of a thing. Well, that would explain the guns. That all the, there's no more ammo anywhere, and no guns are sold out. And and in these parts, I've heard people literally say, "Well, I have guns, so I'll be fine." 
Mm. You're like, what does that mean? Yeah. Give me your choice. i don't know i'm not really interested to find out but like i don't well i can't say okay i i can't say i don't have guns i have guns that i left here that i had when i was a kid Mm. yeah that are here that i never brought to la so i guess i do have guns here but Mm. i would never think to take them out and use them in any situation why make any sense but um that doesn't make me feel secure that i have a gun around i don't even know where it is it's mm. somewhere it's somewhere buried somewhere here and i don't you know i can't just go get it when i want because i don't know where it is so it's like yeah. it doesn't make me feel more secure but if it makes me feel like uh what's the what what's the reason for that given that everything's done by um, drone strikes today. <laughs> all Where's the wars. That? So get all the guns you want, but when this is like, when you're, you're toast, it's like, hmm. what are you going to do? Yeah, there's not much combating that with your uh, nine millimeter. Nope. Nope. Yeah. I man. mean, that's a whole separate separate topic, but it's like, I don't understand it. I, that's I don't understand why people are hoarding ammo and guns. What's the security? Like maybe you say fight or flight, but um, does that mean that the people who didn't do it are the flight people? We're gonna run. We're gonna run when mm. it happens. I don't know. Yeah, I I've I've thought about having a gun. I don't have a gun, but I've I've thought about it, and I think the. Th- the thinking for me is it would be a defense thing. Like, I don't think that I'd ever go out and use it as leverage to steal someone's toilet paper or food, like you were saying. But if the fabric of society became so dissolved that other people were doing that, then at the very least, maybe I had a defense against that. And I, I, I think that's my thinking. Yeah. Well, you did see that during the Rodney King riots. You mm. did see that's in a way why Koreatown exploded because on the TV you saw uh, other people were burning it down and all the Koreans that were that ran store like liquor stores and laundromats, they were on their roofs with with automatic weapons mm. and around and challenged them to, you know, mm. warning out of here and so their buildings didn't burn down wow yeah and so then they were very quick to buy up the stuff that was burnt and then koreatown just like blew up after that oh wow right so yeah and so um it's very happens to be very true that when society broke down that far which was ridiculous yeah it was uh the frustration was understandable I think, from my perspective, Russian is very understandable. Yeah. And if you look at the history of uh, blacks versus whites in LA, it's been very skewed against them, and it's not cool. Of course. Came to a, a, a burning point with that specific thing, and it's unfortunate. Hmm. It really was unnecessary, but um, what happened after that wasn't racial. Hmm. What happened after that was a free-for-all, and it was fueled, honestly, by the media. 
because what happened is if you if you go back and look at footage, like the police helicopters or the news would come on and they go, uh, there's a there's a Vons at the corner of blah 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 and blah blah, and these three three people just broke into it. They smashed the window and they're taking stuff. Look at it. And so then, fifteen minutes later, it'd be a hundred people there. Wow. Right, and that wouldn't happen if they didn't put that on TV. Yeah, man. And I remember the follow-up after that is like people were the the police chief that was Daryl Gates, and Daryl Gates they said, "How how did this happen on your watch?" And he goes, two things. I didn't think that the people of LA were capable of that. It's really bad, really poor for the people to be doing that to their own city and their own people." Yeah. And it, that he said that for for the ma- major cities in the world, of all the biggest cities in the world, LA has the least police per capita. Oh, wow. So if it's a free-for-all like that, there's not enough cops to stop it. Mm. So that being said, I'm kind of impressed with LA as a self-policing place. Mm. That should be way more chaotic than it is. It should be more free-for-all. I totally agree. <laughs> so for people to buy guns in LA, maybe it makes more sense. But for people here to get mm. them, makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, man. Same thing happened here. So mm. People are out of ammo and stuff. You're like, why? Yeah. What are you gonna do? I mean, you can shoot your neighbor's dog. I don't. I don't get it. Yeah, maybe they're not thinking that far. Maybe it's just like a instinct. Maybe. I I don't know. I I, it's, I don't uh, I, I don't these kind of things happen. I don't, I don't want to put out my own opinion and say it's this and it's this and it's because then that that's not giving a benefit of doubt to other people's thoughts and considerations in their life experience. Hmm. I just like to be an observer and just go, this is what I saw. It's pretty fucked yeah. up. You know, I have my own opinion about it, but is that the biggest opinion in the universe and everyone should bow to me? Nah. I you know. know. Yeah. 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 It's like- yeah I, the, the opinion thing is interesting. I think that like long forum conversations like this are nice because you get to hear people's opinions in the context of like a very long conversation. And maybe, maybe a little, it, it makes a little more sense for people to hear your opinions now, having heard, you know, all of the jokes and the warmth that has brought us here in our conversation so far. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I, I very rarely do I find myself like uh, like I'm I, I'm not on Twitter because the platform doesn't really appeal to me. Like the idea that I would share like a one sentence, two sentence opinion thing and put that out in the world. Yeah, um, it doesn't. I don't I don't know that that would be a good thing for me to do. Okay, so for me and Twitter, it's funny though. I only joined it because everyone told me. It- when Koji started, you know, the, the, the Korean taco. So you can only find out where they are in LA on Twitter. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll try it. Yeah. So then I signed up for Twitter and I didn't see him for two days. I didn't, you know, if they tweeted, they weren't anywhere in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And then I just was driving down the street and I saw him. Mm. Not on Twitter. I saw him. I was like, I'll try it now. Yeah. You know, that's why I joined. And then some other girl like hit me up on Twitter that I liked. And so I kept tweeting her only specifically. Hell and yeah. she got married. And she got married and had a kid. It's a little inconvenient. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I dropped Twitter for a long time. Yeah. And then I only have since used it to um, uh, voice grievances against uh, airlines. 
<laughs> like they can't me or lose my luggage or, or or book me on the wrong plane or something. I, mm. I if you hashtag them, they get back to you very fast. Oh wow! Very fast, and I did that. Okay. I did that to, okay, I was at LAX flying out once and uh-huh. the, right before I got on the plane, I just wanted some, you know, uh, 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 coffee or something, a tea, something for the plane. Yeah. So I went to coffee and tea leaf. I think it was in Terminal 2. Yeah. And they I, I ordered Earl Grey tea. Yeah. Simple one, right? Tea bag totally. thing. It was the worst thing I've ever had in my life. Mm. It tasted like, like a pile of dirt. It was wow. very, very bad. And I was like, Congratulations! You it takes talent. So <laughs> and fifteen minutes later, the manager of All Southern California called me. I don't know why he got me number somehow, and he called me. Of just coffee, picked- bean, and tea leaf. Yes. Yeah, and he, he just goes, "Well, you know, as you know, uh, our, our our name is coffee, bean, and tea leaf. We should at least, at least be able to make tea for you well." And I'm really sorry you had that experience, and like to make it up to you, and blah blah blah. And I was like, what, you're going to give me more free bad tea? No, thanks. <laughs> but I was like, wow, Twitter really works. That's wild. Because you tweet someone's thing and the corporation, it goes to everyone who, who just searches that hashtag. Hmm. So they, they have to put it out. It's like Yelp, you know, I got to hmm. like, I got to jump and get you to take it down. Damn. It's stupid. It's bullying, right? So enough people bullied Trader Joe's about the senior hours and they did it. Hmm. They weren't going to do it. But yeah, if you look at it, there was tons of people, you know, hashtag Trader Joe's. Why aren't you offering senior hours? That's mean. Mm. So I was like, okay, it's pretty effective. Voice of the people. One person can speak to a corporation. That's good. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. So in general, but like you say, I don't like just, if I got on Twitter and said, Trader Joe's shoppers are NIMBY motherfuckers and they're all blah, blah, you know, yeah. I'm one of them. So I can't yeah. say that. Yeah. It's dumb. Totally. Totally. Dumb. So yeah, it's, it's a bad, it's a bad format. Yeah, man. Twitter is something that, um, I'd like to be involved with a little more, obviously not like sharing opinions. Like you're just saying, talking shit on like <laughs> people groups <laughs> in general, but, um, Another thing is just like it takes so much energy to be involved on all these different platforms. Yes. Between like Instagram and Twitter and have have, <laughs> have you ever checked out uh TikTok at all? Uh it's another thing, man. It's another rabbit hole. <laughs> have you though? Nah. It's wild. It's coming. Man. It's, coming. it's gonna be nuts. I I I hope not. The whole thing with TikTok is that the majority of it is like uh, people creating videos to other people's audio content, whether it's other people's songs or dialogue from movies or whatever. Um, so there's a the, the the biggest critique I've heard about TikTok is that it really discourages creativity because people aren't really creating something. They're just like lip syncing to something in a funny way. And yeah. uh, unfortunately it's, it's very entertaining and a lot of people <laughs> are on that platform ingesting that. Content. Yeah. yeah sure. 
that's what's just in general what's going on right now. I mean, I call it you know vending machine music. Yeah. A lot of people with computers, they just there's things that are already pr- produced tracks mm. and, and grooves and, and loops for people, and they just go, I like that, I like that, I like that. I made music. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe maybe that's how pop music has always been since the fifties. You know, like maybe there has been types of popular music that has been soulless and you know, painting by numbers. Oh yeah, fifties was like all the one six two five like ice cream. Yeah. Dun, 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 exactly. dun. You know, with yeah. a crooner thing, and then you know, but then you have individuals mm. undeniably that changed everything, and you can't take away what they did. I mean, like listen to Chuck Berry; it's like ridiculous. Exactly. Yeah. So, like you're saying uh, about the person you watched. Mm-hmm. you know at a stadium with a few people on stage it's like but the songwriting is pretty good so that's like chuck berry his, his writing was great so yeah i think there's always an exception yeah but tiktok is very representative of what most people are doing most people are like not creative they're not they're not going to spend the time yeah not to say something cool won't come out of it but um I think, I think it it does take away from the deeper meaning and the deeper learning. Mm. But yeah, when people actually get into it and they and they decide to do the, the deep dive and and get into their own thing and their own originality and their own voice and soul, it makes it that much more stronger against that kind of stuff. Mm. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, man, it's it's an interesting thing to like uh, study something great and to understand how great music can be in a way. It's like once you once you hear like John Coltrane or something, and you you study it and you understand it. There's no there's no unhearing that. And yes. In a way, like simple melodies can always be beautiful, but the, I, I I'll have a day like once a month where I just need to sit down and listen to something real dense and complicated because mm-hmm. I've experienced, you know, how beautiful that that density can be. Yeah, and yeah, I think for me personally, I also get the same feeling from things that are really simple i don't mean like like triads but i mean like um like just the sum total that made bob marley Mm. technically that music is very simple but it's not yeah you know who would come up with baseline like half that stuff Mm. (laughs) it's like wow it's really really simple but like man you change one note on that it wouldn't be as good yeah, man. There's a lot of that going on. And you go, yeah. this guy's just like groove for hours and just kind of just sat in it. It's really sat in it hard, you know? Mm. So stuff like that or like something like Ahmad Jamal Trio. Yeah. You listen to that album Cross Country Tour. It sounds like one person playing a machine. Like there's mm. you know, some like six arm guy playing all this because it's so unified. Yeah. So simple. It's so crystal clear what's going on. 
Hmm. But, um, or yeah, like, I mean, you know, like we talked about like ACDC, it's so yeah. clear. Yeah. It's so simple. Yeah. You change one thing about it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. 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 We got to start that cover band once all this shit blows over, man. That would be great. So down. Totally way down. So yeah, man. Yeah, man. As soon as we can start playing in public again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how, that's another thing like how do you how do you win that game how do you mm. who's gonna be the first person to like ring up staples and go i want to put people side by side right <laughs> yeah <laughs> venues are definitely gonna be the last thing to open up in terms You're of taking a year off my friend you think so it's gonna be a, it's gonna be at least till the end of this year wow maybe little gigs and stuff but like yeah maybe tour or mm get invited to go to europe maybe november mm. october yeah maybe and it's not yeah. going to sell that's the thing man because like i don't know until until they really get a vaccine it's not it's not going away right i mean from what i've heard like just because the sun's going to come out and it's going to warm things up a bit that's not going to make this virus go away yeah and if you're in a hurry to get a vaccine, I don't think that's a good thing either. <laughs> yeah, man. You're going to see people like the experimental people in 10 years going, oh, it's going to be bad. It's going to be brain, man. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't think yeah. I'll take it. I think I'll take mm. my chance. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. it's. I don't get a flu shot yearly. I think it's maybe more healthy to be sick and and suffer through it and get your own mm. immunity maybe yeah, i'm wrong yeah i i have no idea i haven't gotten a flu shot in a couple of years but that's just because i i honestly just haven't thought about it <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i mean i'm not really sure there's no yeah. we're we're in the dark ages on that thing man i think I hear you. Yeah. 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 No one no one knows for certain. Then every five years they change their mind. Yeah. The top search is like don't drink don't drink uh, don't don't uh you know, don't drink milk if you have uh calcium kidney stones. That's what mm-hmm. causes it. And then later on they're like, No, it's actually caused by acid, so don't drink any acidic drinks. Totally. And then later it's like, oh no, you just need to drink more liquid. Well, that's the difficult thing about nutrition, man, is like it's basically impossible to isolate all the variables. Like there's... there's You're the friend that I am, right? So yeah. we could eat the same size lunch and when are you going to be hungry sooner than I am? Who knows? By the way, this is hilarious. I meant to tell you, uh-huh. we went to that place after our show. What was that place called? Oh, the diner. The diner place, right? What's it called? Coney's? Okay, so two things about that. Quiet Quarries, I think. Okay, so two things about that. What was the video we played that ran off that entire table of people? (laughs) Do you remember? The video that ran them off? Oh. Sexy Sax Man or something as a joke, and they thought we were serious, but it was really awful music. Was it a Shreds video? I don't remember. Something like that. 
they were so mad and i was relating yeah. that story and i was like it was the and i couldn't remember which video i was like yeah really genius yeah second thing is that day like i got a salad at night right uh-huh. and i didn't realize it till like the next day but there was an olive that has still had a pit and i bit it and when i chipped a tooth oh my god <laughs> so i just had it fixed that's a war wound man it's really funny no that's I just crazy for like a while and i just forgot it was not like a big deal but it's something random and stupid totally that sucks man my <laughs> my teeth are kind of falling apart I, I every time i go to the dentist my dentist says that i have like four cavities and uh i i kind of think she's trying to like shake me down for all my money yeah <laughs> yeah I was told that when I was, I was told to have my wisdom teeth yanked when I was like about you know, 20 because mm-hmm. I had a growth here and, yeah. and uh, I just, you know, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. As soon as I get settled in LA, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And I did it and it went away and I still have them. Oh, really? Yeah. That's amazing. And everything is totally fine. Yeah. They, they took my wisdom teeth out when I was 20 two and it was bad i was in bed for two weeks i didn't have anything for two weeks chipmunk face and all that yeah so my surgeon he said that the surgery usually takes him between five and 12 minutes or something is is usually how long it takes him to do the surgery but he spent 48 minutes in my mouth (laughs) (laughs) oh just, That's bad. Just breaking my bones and scraping everything. Shit. So then, so then, one of my professors at college told me that uh, I should never, I shouldn't have gotten my wisdom teeth taken out because when I, when you get older and you take your wisdom teeth out, your teeth can actually spread apart. But he might have, I don't know, he might have been shitting me. He was, he, he was a real weird guy. He. uh well, they say if you live long enough, you grow another set of teeth. Yes, a third set. We were able to like live to like two hundred years old. We have another set. I've never heard that. That's fascinating. I read that somewhere. It's like because that's what happens to certain other mammals. Really, if they live long enough, they grow like three sets of teeth, and so it's never been proven, of course. But yeah, in theory, if we live long enough, which I don't know if I believe it or not, but. <laughs> <laughs> on the internet so it's that's amazing true. man i'm mean, yeah it's definitely true if it's posted somewhere on twitter 100 percent true oh yeah no way it's it's got to be it's documented already yeah, yeah yeah have you uh have you heard about this new show tiger king no are, are you uh are, are you a uh visitor of the net of the land of netflix ever you know what? No, I ought to be. That's all right. I ought to be. Okay, this is this is the, this is a quick story. Is that Please. like I when the when the OJ trial happened? Yeah, and you get you couldn't get away from it. Yeah, got rid of my TV then, and I made a pact to set up for one year. I have no TV in my house, mm. and uh, I put it in my attic. And I said, okay, if I miss it in a year, I'll take it out. But because of that trial, like I, I would be in a bar and they would come on the TV and I'd be like, 
la 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 and then people would talk about it and be like uh and i try to avoid it but i knew everything about that trial yeah you can't away from it, right so yeah. like okay so same thing with some of these other channels so i just yeah. survived and then after two years i realized that i forgot that it had no tv mm. and i go shit in two years yeah fuck it i'll just stay with that and so then it became more like oh great i can get so much more stuff done and then the internet started to rise and then instead of just email it became like oh let's check social media and let's check this and now it's like worse than tv yes it's like more of a time suck and more something to keep up with and not as quality yes right so 100 percent. but i think i mean the stuff i've seen on netflix other people's place is great totally but uh i look at the same as television 100 percent. yeah I definitely agree with you. This show Tiger King though is pretty important. <laughs> Basically <laughs> there's these uh there's these three characters and they all own their own zoos of exotic animals. Okay. So each of these people have upwards of a hundred lions and tigers. And uh it's a seven episode like documentary series each one's about like 45 minutes long and hmm. uh the shit that happens over the four or five years that they filmed this documentary series is absolutely wild and it is such a display of human nature like you you in particular i think would would really love this show so but it's actually it's factual they it's actually factual Okay. This is this none of this TV show is dramatized. Okay. But I mean it's it, it's edited together. Yeah. So the it's people the Sorry? It's the best of the worst, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean it's cool. it, it's edited to be entertaining. And it is very very entertaining. I'll send you like the trailer, the YouTube trailer or something. Cool. Yeah. And, but, yeah, I can probably somebody's and, and check it. But um, yeah, yeah, it's just it's another thing. Yeah, man, time is uh, time is that one non-renewable resource. It's true. Yeah, and people like so. I was texting one of my old teachers. Like, he taught me lessons when I was like, like you know, ten and stuff. Mm. So texting with him today and he's like i don't know what to do i'm completely out of work he's like i'm not interested in going back to teaching because i did that for too many years so now i'm just all my gigs are gone and all the orchestras and he has like you know, hotel gigs and weddings and whatever and i was like dude everyone's out of work why are you sweating it we're all the same now like no one's expecting you to find work so enjoy your time off it's a gift mm. <laughs> that's a gift man that is the one I mean, there's there's so many aspects of this Corona thing that is interesting, but that in particular, it's like the whole world is being affected by this in a in yeah. a fairly similar way. Like, I think it's gonna it's gonna hit impoverished countries much harder yep. than it will us. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, we're on the upside of it. We're I mean, even if I got it and I had it down for a month. Um, you still have lots of time off and you still have lots of 
no one's expecting you to make a million dollars in the next week, you know, expecting you to pay all your bills and blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's all negotiable. It's all renegotiable at this point. And, uh, uh, and like I say, there's, it, because of this, so many formats, like you say, recorded serious music or just a little Instagrammy things or SoundCloud or you got to make something for streaming or whatever, or video. Um, the pressure is off. Everybody, you don't have to do anything right now. You can literally just practice something you want or take some time off. Everyone's yeah. got like a couple of months of, you know, your own mind, <laughs> yeah. your own creativity and your own mind. So it's, it's kind of a nice blessing. Mm. You're like, hey, you have the same amount of time off as Keith Jarrett right now. <laughs> yeah, man. Keith Jarrett doing with his time off. He's probably like, fuck music. I'm going to just like, you know, sit down and make some food. <laughs> Whereas like, I'm like, man, I've been, I've been doing all this other stuff for a while. I was going to get back to like practicing a bunch of nothing just mm. practice for fun, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah. And I think it's, if, if you look at it like that, well, the other thing is we're on the up, up the equation because what we do, unfortunately is going to be the last thing to restart. Hmm. So we've got the most time off, but we're not in the medical field. So we're not the ones who are working our asses off right now and really suffering and probably going to come out of this thing that works. Hmm. You know, those people are like, they're, they're beyond human. I think right now, I mean, I have some of mine who, who are like, uh, uh, medevac people. Mm -hmm. emergency, emergency people and, and, and are work, work in the ER sometimes. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think if I was in their shoes, knowing that, you know, even an N95 mask is that it's not, it's the virus is so small, you can still go through it. Yeah. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Um, but you, you, you have an ethical professional and, and it was uh, sort of, contract if you're in that field that you have to be there mm. doesn't matter what you think you have to be there you know it's in other words if you're working in the er and somebody comes in you have to treat them there's there's no option right yeah so um i don't know i don't know what to say about that other than like it's really heavy at yeah. this time in human existence that's really heavy and really like super admirable and so for me to complain that I might have some gigs is really stupid. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of other people that have it much worse off. Do you know of any ways to support doctors or nurses in the medical field? I saw some posts today about people like putting together care packages or something, but it didn't, didn't really make sense to me while I was reading it. I know for the immediate, they're out of masks, especially the disposable ones. Yeah, and a lot of people are volunteering to sew them. Um, so that's good, uh, but I think that that will turn around in a few weeks. But like, mm -hmm. if they meet like this week, yeah. everyone's low, and 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 mostly the disposable ones because they're trying to wear the N95 underneath the cloth, and mm -hmm. the cloth is just to for extra. They they also have filters you can put in the cloth one. Yeah, they're like same kind of filter. Mm. So that's good. That's, that's a one possibility. 
um, I, I was considering like doing some food delivery for people. Yeah. You know, I see uh, friends of mine are, are got organizations like churches and stuff. They're putting up posts like, Hey, if anybody needs food for pickup, you know, no, no personal interaction, just we'll put it in your trunk. Yeah. People volunteering to do stuff like that. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. In my area specifically, there's nothing I can do because Up it's not in, in North Carolina because yeah. it's not, there's not enough cases here yet. Um, so there's not like I can go to people's thing, but like there are certain people that I have known for all my life who are super old mm. and uh, I intend to check on them before I leave, before I cool. try to go back to play. I want to make sure that like they have enough food and I got to go hoard shopping for them. Okay. Totally. Yeah. Totally. At least for um, me, that's immediate what I should be doing. Nice. Nice. That's great. Um, your friends who have Corona, have they talked about any loss of taste or smell? I uh, didn't really go into too much detail because they're still in the mend. Yeah. Lost my backlighting. Now I'm like, oh. You're good. You're totally good. <laughs> yeah nice diffuser yeah um but yeah um not much detail yeah not much detail on that but um you know i don't want to pry too much either yeah that makes sense does this uh does this whole thing make you rethink your relationship with los angeles at all i mean there's a part of me that and this this probably isn't the time to be getting too grim, but there's a part of me that thinks that, you know, this this could be the first of other plagues in our lifetime. Or sure. that if things double down, like if we experience a plague and a major earthquake at the same time, yep. you know, yep. Los yep. Angeles would be a pretty hairy place to be. Has yes. um ha- has any of that crossed your mind? Uh, I was in LA for the Northridge quake mm. and I was still in college at the time or just maybe just barely out and um, not really established. And so for me to lose all those gigs and lose that much, it was, it was wild before mm. things got rolling again. And a lot of people left LA and you could get like an apartment building in Northridge for next to nothing. Cause they're all jacked up. And Northridge people just like they left. People just like picked up and moved out of the state. Renters and stuff. They just like screw LA. I'm out. Yeah. So I saw it happen before, and I kind of like thinking about it, going, LA could maybe benefit from less people. (laughs) 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 I don't want to be an asshole, but like people that don't really love it. Yeah. They can go on. It's fine. They can just go (laughs) somewhere else. That's okay. Yeah. Because people who like it and who understand it um, and that don't have complaints about it, I think it's going to be all right. You know, over the over the long long haul, it might take a year to get it comfortable back in mm. order. But um, LA is a great place. Yeah, man. It's going to be all right. Yeah, man. It's not definitely not going away, and it's not going to get. It's not going to. Uh, it's, it's not going to change drastically i think as a as a existence yeah it's still going to be a mega mega um 
city of of brilliant people and and weirdos and 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 people that are clueless. It's a magnet for brilliance and idiocy. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Dude. Can't get- You're here to stay. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't think I'm going to be... I think I'll always maintain an office there. Hmm. If yeah. that makes sense. That'll be Dude. the home base. That'll be the home base. And uh, if I choose to run out and camp out in somewhere for a month or two, that's fine. Totally. Yeah, that makes sense. But I've been thinking about that a lot. As you know, like in the last year has been weird for me. Hmm. So I think about, well, where else would be better? And I'm like, eh. there's other other places that could be cool for a while, hmm. you know, but like, like you say, given this virus thing, it's around the world. Everyone, yeah, man. everyone got kicked in the balls. So it's like, Anywhere you go, you got to wait it out. And is it worth waiting out in that place versus where you are? Yeah. Don't know. What about you? What do you think? I love Los Angeles, man. Um, I also really love New York, but I've never like spent a substantial amount of time there. But for me, like I just, I love living in a city. I I, I don't really see myself not living in a city, but that's assuming that the uh the fabric of society <laughs> stays stays stitched together and continues yeah. working so yeah. one of the things that has been kind of unnerving for me is just how quickly our way of life has halted um but maybe like ha- having this conversation with you out in north carolina might give me some perspective that it's not it's not necessarily unique to la like literally the whole nation is is on lockdown right now um but my thinking is that uh you know if if something happened that was worse uh and it it, it it would take away the things about Los Angeles that I love, which is, you know, things that happen in crowds of people and live music uh, and being able to go out to bars and running into friends and going to conventions and all of these things. Uh, So yeah, man, I, I, I have no idea. I mean, I don't want to be all, I don't want to be all dystopian and like think that that is definitely going to happen, but going through something like this makes me think that it could happen. You know, some people are, people mention that um, there have been other societies that have like fallen, you know, like Rome is not around anymore. Sure. Uh, So it's, it's, I don't know. I think that I'm experiencing a bit of fear and anxiety that I probably don't understand and maybe isn't like warranted. But at the other, at, on the other hand, it's like, well, we don't, we don't completely understand this coronavirus and we don't completely understand what might be coming in the future, which yeah. may or may not be coming in the future. So n- not understanding something warrants a little bit of anxiety, I think. Well, the di- biggest difference is with everything else that's happened, with the mass shooting, with the earthquakes, with the riots, um, there's an expectation that 
you have to rebuild and get back to normal. We have to, you know, okay, we, this school got shot up. How can we get, be better as a society and get back to how things were? Mm. And now it's like the new normal is, oh, here's a bug that almost, you know, it's really nasty. And you could look at it two ways. You, this is sort of how I, I looked at it before. It's like, the cold-hearted way is like, okay, bring it on. It's going to happen whether you want it to or not. So this is what happens in a population. You thin the herd, as they say. And you yeah. say that, and you're a, cool, you're a cruel bastard. Totally. And what happens, it's like, that's what England basically said. Yeah, prepare to say bye to some of your relatives. And then the prime minister got it. And now it's like, Whoa. everything's changed over there. They're like, a lockdown, everyone's locked down. Stay, you know, <laughs> too late. They're fucking yeah. ready. Yeah. They were one of the last, you know, countries to shut down. So, and so you could look at it like super careful, which is how Asia was, and that's why I was uh, let go from everything, and I didn't quite understand it. I was like, no, I can come anyway; it's fine. They're like, nope, we're canceling everything. Mm. I was like, man, you guys are just like so scared right now. Mm. Bullshit. Like, it's going to be fine, and by percentage wise, you and I are going to be fine. Mm. By percentage wise, people who have it are going to survive. Yeah. But those people in Asia have more experience with SARS and how, how that jacked, jacked everything up there and it just ran through a population. Without extreme action, it would have still be around and it would still have wiped out more people. Yeah. So therefore, their reaction, I first thought, was too, too cautious and overblown and, and just like, oh, come on. You guys are just overreacting. And now, as we know, maybe not. Mm. Maybe they took as a proper action and we, we chose to not believe it. And now it's too late. So we're going to pay the price. So, okay, that's cool. It happens. It's understandable. We've never, Americans have never experienced anything like this. So yeah. we don't know how to deal. With it. But, um, yeah, I, I just, I think that, um, takeaway from it is going to be when the next boogeyman shows up, are we going to overreact and go buy more guns and hoard toilet mm. paper? And shut down school for two months, and it really then it will wind up really being nothing. Mm. I'm more afraid of that. Yeah, man, that is something that I've been thinking about with all this. Is there's the there's the damage that the actual virus is going to do, and then there's the damage that our reaction to the virus is going to do. And there are you know politicians in power that are making decisions taking into account the fact that they want to get reelected and uh and some money's changing hands yeah you know people are <laughs> people are talking about things going back by easter and wild and crazy ideas good idea yeah i i from from what i understand i i agree that would be a very bad idea yeah i think other countries that i mean china's not even back up to full speed Mm. you know they're just uh if, if anything if you if you watch the alternate news i guess you'd say uh -huh. and listen to what they're saying about china it's like china's just now reopening mm. just now like yeah. basically three four months off mm. and and they're getting a second wave of problems now mm. from the reopen that's expected that's a you know a natural progression of something like this but 
biggest difference of this and another virus is people with another virus will be, you know, you have it, you're immune to it. You don't have it. The people who had it, um, who are immune, they won't spread it. And then the people who died from it are dead. Mm. So it's basically gone, right? Yeah. Whereas this one's kind of slow moving. So it could just hang out in a society for a while and just, you know, have a breakout and you won't know it till a week later than everyone has it. So it's like, it's a little bit the invisible boogeyman thing. So I think that's going to change the rules of how we deal with stuff. Not for the better. You know? Yeah, man. Yeah. It's a little, it's, it's frustrating. It's not like when I looked at, I looked at 9-11 and looked at the riots and looked at the, the North earthquake and stuff. I was like, shit, it's going to be six months before this gets back going. I'm just going to have to like find something to do for six months and just keep, keep my optimism up and but it'll be cool. And this one's like, <laughs> how long is it going to be, man? A year, two years. It's a big one. It really is. It's a big one, and everyone's opinion is so different. I wonder if we're going to have, like, uh, I wonder if next year we'll have an entire season of, like, NBA and NHL without anyone in the arenas. And it'll, like, it'll just be teams. And everyone gets tested, so you know you're cool. Exactly, yeah. And that'll be, like, the new thing. It's, like, on your dating profile. (laughs) COVID negative. Right. oh my god whether or not you've had it already yeah wild so man they'll have like you know mixers for people who've had it so there's no problem mixers. <laughs> <laughs> gonna be like, no. yeah that's gonna be nuts man it's gonna be nuts yeah it uh it already is nuts and i'm 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 kind of surprised at how well everyone's taking it you know, it's it. It seems like, it seems like most of the people that I'm connected with are generally very positive about it, and uh, I think that's partially because it's like a it's like a faceless enemy. You know, it's not like a it's not like a human enemy that like a terrorist or something that's trying to cause us harm. And it's also uh, it's something that's affecting the whole world. Like no one is singled out. So. Well, and this is a big topic too. Um, and I, I get in a little bit of trouble for saying this, but that's all right. Um, having dealt with Asia before, hmm. um, it's just my opinion. Everyone, it, the, the people, the element of society that, that's putting a lot of blame on China and saying they covered up stuff and they did this and they did that. And, it's, um, and then there's an element saying, of China saying America planted it here and whatever. Mm, yeah. You can go down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole deep as you want. It doesn't yeah. matter. We'll never know. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Do I believe that it originated in Wuhan? I think there's no way you can prove that because mm. the Chinese are an uh, uh, economic rising country mm. and now they're able to outsource things. So they have uh, they had a pork issue. I don't know if you know this. Like last year, they had a pork issue because they were oh, wow. importing from Africa, mm. and some of it got um, tainted, and so therefore the entire country had to kill all of their pork. Oh wow! So, 
So they have a 20 year mark against their record internationally of don't export any pork out of China for 20 years to make sure that that's gone. Oh, wow. Okay. So they're importing stuff from Indonesia, from Thailand, from Africa. That's their cheap labor. So it coming from a food source or across uh, some kind of cross contamination of food, you know, animals to humans. Yeah. It was it just simply like some guy in China ate a bat and this happened. I don't know. Hmm. There's no scientific way to go back and say, but you know, the epicenter was at least the first outbreak was Wuhan. But what people don't know about that city is that it's an international manufacturing city. Hmm. Okay, so it's like it's it, it's full of plants and full of factories and full of factory workers. It's not a tourist place. Yeah. And so people who are middle managers from around the world fly there to oversee products being manufactured. So the, the cross-contamination could be from imported food, could be from an imported human, could be something. We don't know. Mm-hmm. really don't know. Yeah, um, so for any one person to be bl- blamed, I think is improper. Mm. And to blame that society is improper because look at Mad Cow, it's from England. Totally. Right? Look at Ebola. Look at AIDS. It's like, you know what I'm saying? No one, nobody is perfect. And, and it's, it's a genetic mutation that happened. And when it made the jumps to humans, it just happened to be that way. Nothing we can do about it. So, That's wild. Um, yeah. I've, I've heard a bit about, I guess they call it wet markets and just the, uh, like the the silliness of having live animals stacked on top of one another does that are are you familiar with all that stuff yeah yeah that happens a lot and they most people don't have refrigeration in their house Hmm. they don't have a refrigerator so that industry doesn't exist Hmm. so but they they also feel if you want fresh food because there's so much behind the scenes fuckery going on with your product. Like if you go to a restaurant and there's not an open window where you can see what they're doing, you wouldn't go there. Totally. Nobody wants to see that in China, especially because it's, it's kind of, at least in the old days was a free for all, you know, and and if you could cut a corner by doing something weird, it's like, it could happen to you. You could eat a fake egg at one time. Okay. So like, they want to see the animal being killed. They want to, mm. that's, that's, that's fresh. That's why you go to a Chinese restaurant, they have a fish tank for your fish and they mm. get it out and they bring it to your table and they go, this one, you go, yeah, off with the head. Yeah. In society, they feel that that's the most fresh you can get. Right. So that's mm. the reason for that kind of stuff. Mm. And I get that. And the food in a way does taste more fresh and it's, it's arguable either way, but because of that system, then you have these kind of problems. That's interesting, man. Yeah. And so in, in America, we, what we have is like the quality is bad and you don't get as much nutrition and you get more bacteria because, you know, your cow has got a rotting leg, but you keep it alive because you want to cut the other part off and blah, it's nasty. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So then you can really cook your food and you got to, it gets crazy. Yeah, man. It gets serious and it gets crazy and none of it's really a happy story. 
So what 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 you're getting at is that there's no efficient and squeaky clean way to feed millions of people <laughs> in, a, <laughs> in a couple mile radius. Nah, man. McDonald's, <laughs> McDonald's is not good either. Man. So it's understandable. Mm. We're we're not there yet as a species, you know. We're just trying to do the best we can. At least these days, you don't have to like kill your own chicken. Mm, yeah. Right. I've never had to kill my own chicken. I. It's interesting. I feel like uh, maybe I'd I, I'd I'd have a little bit more grit about things if I had to kill the animals that I was eating. Yes. Um, which I would, I would be interested to have that grit because I feel weird just, you know, eating all this meat. Cause I've, I've, I've tried to be a vegan vegetarian a couple times and I just, I don't, I don't feel very good on it. Um, so yeah, I don't know, but you know, it's like at the spot that I live, I don't really have space for like goats or chickens or anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, apparently Trader Joe's doesn't have that much room for him either. <laughs> 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 they sold out of this shit fast. Oh man. Yeah. So crazy. I remember I I went to a Trader Joe's, I think it was three weeks ago or something like that, and it was super packed, huge long lines. And I went up to one of the workers and I was like, What's going on? Is it like Super Bowl Sunday or something? And she was like, oh, no, people are just stocking up for Corona. It's just, I, I just. Uh, it's Corona week. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like a once a year holiday from now We're gonna on. We're going to have the anniversary. <laughs> so crazy, man. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't taking it seriously until South by Southwest got canceled. And then I think uh, the NBA got canceled the next day or something. And then it all kind of, I was like, whoa, this is, this is wild. Yeah. 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 Okay. Another snarky thing. Please. This is kind of dark humor. Yeah. So I heard South by Southwest got canceled. So I texted a friend and I said, hey, man, it got canceled. Because we used to make a joke that we were playing there when okay. we weren't. Yeah. To see if anybody cared and nobody cared. Because <laughs> that's just kind of how it's not, it's not going to affect your career in a positive way, do it or not. <laughs> so we're just like so i actually tweeted i actually put it on facebook that i i didn't i said i'm looking forward to playing south by southwest uh-huh. i didn't say when i played there already before yeah but i just like posted a picture of like because i was at, going to lax so i uh-huh. took a picture of the airplanes and i go really looking forward to south by southwest yeah and, and like nobody cared <laughs> it was great and then i was driving through the desert and i took a picture of the desert and i said i can see it from here but i mean of course it's like you know 1400 miles away but yeah theoretically you could see it if you were high enough sure and then like, you know four likes or whatever yeah and then i showed up to like teaching and then they go oh i thought you were at south by southwest and i go no nah, i was supposed <laughs> to be here and they're like yeah but you, you posted and i was like would it have mattered would you have thought it's cool that i played there they're like eh it's funny so not to poke too much fun but there are hundreds of bands who are like you know indie rock bands yeah who for whatever reason think it's cool to drive themselves there and play for free because they want to be part of 
thing, right? Totally. So it got canceled, and I texted my friend, and we were joking around. And I said, "Hey, it got canceled," and 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 we just made a few jokes about it. And I said, "Well, we should do a fundraiser to give money <laughs> to all the people that lost, you know, lost their gig, but yeah. they didn't lose anything. They actually saved a lot of money <laughs> by being canceled." So. We want to skip that fundraiser. <laughs> That's so funny, man. Yeah. Yeah, you're and totally right. I, I, you know, it is what it is. It's just, I'm not bagging on that or Austin or whatever, or any mm-hmm. bands or because I've played it, so I can't say shit, but mm-hmm. so, you know, somebody asked me, um, what's the deal with that place? Or, or you know, now you as a person since you said all that and you're all high and mighty you know people play free and you're a snob i said okay so if so and so asked you to play there would you play and i was like if they if it was a proper meaning that there's a fee you know if they ask someone who is semi-famous to play there for nothing they wouldn't do it Hmm. because it it drags your credibility down totally and i don't really cross-pollinate with bands that are just like couch surfing slackers that want to drive themselves down there and play like one set for nothing. Totally. I'm not saying it's bad. That's fun too. But all I'm saying is that like, that's not what I do. So I guess the answer is I, if I had my own band and I used to, would I ask them to go play for free at South by Southwest? No, mm-hmm. I would, I, if I really wanted to play that festival and it paid nothing, I'd pay, I'd pay people in my band to do it because it's my totally. name. It's, project is my thing totally. right that's yeah. totally legit yeah and then i know other people who played as a headliner there and got paid very well yeah which that's just kind of how festivals work now it's like they really like don't pay much to the little people and then save it for the name yeah man yeah well i've heard that you know south by used to be a place where you'd go and like have a showcase and get signed and it would, it would be a stepping stone to something, you know, Correct. tangible. And, uh, I've heard that for, you know, the past couple of years, it just, it really hasn't been that. And I, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't know. I've, I've never been to South by, so I'm not sure. It's a cool vibe. I mean, Austin's a great vibe. Yeah. That, that there's all these clubs and there's like music going on everywhere. Yeah. And it's too bad that every city can't experience that. But, the problem of having a city like that is it is the the pay scale goes way down because it's available everywhere. Mm. So one bar charges a five dollar cover, it brings the whole thing down. Mm. That's what happens in Eugene, Oregon. If you've ever driven through there, no. Well, there's one row of all these bars that all have music, and they have like two three bands a night. Yeah, it's always like a five dollar cover. Yeah, but no one's making anything to yeah. play there, and Nashville's the same way. Mm. Um, last I checked was about I don't know, five, six years ago, I think. Mm. Um, that music row that's there, or not music yeah. row, but uh, music row is where all the lawyers used to be. But the part of town where all the clubs are, yeah, dense. It's maybe fifty clubs. I don't yeah. really I don't know. It's a lot. Yeah, but if you play a shift there as a musician, it's like ten bucks an hour. Wow. To be in a house band. Yeah. And then people just come up and they do their thing, and you back them up. Damn. That's the last I talked to people what they were making there. So wild man. Yeah. I mean, if you're just trying to get your stuff together, that's cool. Mm. 
but it's kind of abusive. Yeah, man, it's, it's difficult to, uh, it's difficult to prioritize, you know, paying musicians what they're worth when you know the bar has got to pay rent and then got to pay for their product and then pay the bartenders and you know looking at it from a business perspective it's it's when you got 50 bars on one street like that you gotta pull your rent i know yeah, man yeah man. i know and i've uh, for years i thought about co-oping a music space with you know like say 10 musicians it's mm -hmm. all chipping like whatever 35k or 50k like mm. just make it happen and let's get a place and make it happen yeah and then you're like i wouldn't want to do that now it's like mm. can you get 10 musicians to agree on how to run a place no. probably not and no. and who's in charge of cleaning it up after it's fucked you know for a night it's like it's not gonna work exactly and then if you say if it's 10 people so you basically get three nights to curate per month of your mm. stuff right um if you book something you like and then your other buddy who runs the club with you also books it, you've just diluted your audience in half. Mm. So then you're arguing about who to book. It's just going to go down <laughs> flames, you know? It's, like, it's a bad idea. It's interesting, man. But like, who, who do you know that would like, willingly want to open a club right now for music, you know, and put all that money out? It's like, oh. In light of Corona or just in general? Just in general, even before Corona. Mm. No, no one who has money. I know, I know people who would like to do that, but no one yeah. with the means to be able to do it. And if you did it, like if you say you opened a club, um, what would, this is an interesting, uh, like theoretical question. Yeah. Then all of a sudden all your friends are hitting you up for a gig and hitting up for free drinks mm. every person you know basically yeah. is and the, and some people aren't going to be mean-spirited about it or, or be like you know cheap it's just sort of like it's your club you walk in you might give them free drinks i've known other mm. clubs that have gone down in flames because of that too generous wow. of an owner yeah so how would you handle it if all of a sudden every person you've ever cross-pollinated with was hitting you up for a booking <laughs> is it like a is it a situation where like they're charging at the door or yeah so i guess i guess i don't completely understand the question would i be like who are you asking who i would say yes to and who i would say no to well okay so you have a club and you're responsible for the rent and you're responsible for all you know every expense yeah <clears throat> Then you've got to decide among your friends who's going to help you pay for that. Yeah. So is it because they're popular or because they're good? Mm. Right. And then all of a sudden you have to put a judgment on everybody you know. Exactly. That your ass is on the line. So it's totally. like everything gets really funny at that point. Mm. Like, so you'd have to book people that you necessarily might not like their music. Mm. You know, or you might think that they're kind of like selfish people or weird or like they're not very good humans. Totally. Because they're going to pack the place. And you're like, well, yeah. I need the money. Hmm. <coughs> right? So the push and pull of every booker. Yeah. It's crazy, right? I guess it just depends on 
you know, you, you would set a goal. I would set a goal for myself of how much money I needed to make. And then as long as I was making that much, then I would, I could book whoever I wanted to book. But when the time came where I wasn't hitting that, then in order to keep the place open, I would have to start booking some bands that I wasn't as much of a fan of. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, 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 the free drink thing would be tough too. Cause you know, my disposition is to, would be to want to like give everyone free drinks. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I want to give everyone food and drinks and like, yeah. Hey, you know, of course. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's, that's not, I, I'm the wrong person to open a club. <laughs> Just based on that statement alone, like, I should never I be a bartender or a club owner ever. Are you interested in uh, doing any of this Instagram live stuff? Is there any part of you that wants to like perform for people on the internet? Uh, yeah. I think I would... I would be thoughtful about it before I would I would start. Let's say that uh let's say like one month from now or two months from now or whatever, uh venues are still closed, but we're yeah. like we're like hanging out as people. We'll get together in groups of three or five or seven <clears throat> or whatever. So bands are getting back together and rehearsing. Yep. And uh some band leader you know, hooks up a live stream where he can pay you your rate or something. And, and you guys would do this live stream concert and, and maybe you feel good about the rate that you're getting paid, but the, but the experience of playing a show like streamed over the internet, is there, is there any part of that that excites you or interests you? Uh, I see what you're saying. Um, Wow. I think it's a good format. And mm. and right now is an interesting time because everyone's got to watch something and have something to do. Yeah. We're doing this, but otherwise we'd be having, you know, tea or something. Totally. Um, so everyone is, it's a chance to get everyone's attention right now. Mm. Whereas day to day they're driving a car. They're not going to check out your feed. Yeah. So that opportunity would be cool um, as a format it's pretty incredible. You can yeah. do it because I, I do know people around the globe that aren't necessarily on my time schedule. Mm. They might want to see it. And, um, there's a couple of people who are semi famous now that are doing it just for fun. Like Chick Rio's doing it the other day. Yeah. And one guy you should check out. This is my, this is my thing is that there's a, there was a trio back in the eighties called zebra. Mm-hmm. And the guy who was the, main songwriter you know guitar player singer his name is randy jackson mm. he's been going on uh facebook live every day and doing his stuff oh, wow. and playing, playing zeppelin and, and beatles covers and his own music and just him in his living room by himself and man he's so good mm. it's just like it's awesome it's it's like when he first started doing it he wasn't asking for donations he just like wanted to do it that's cool Cause he just wants to play and he wants to practice and get better. And he's like, I'm just going to sit around and, you know, if you guys don't mind, I want to work through some of this stuff and do some solo material. Totally. And some stuff really went bad. And it's like, <laughs> inner crap. 
his computer crashed and stuff. He's like, yeah, I'll try again tomorrow. Yeah. But I can send you a link. There's one uh, he did a few days ago where he ended his, he's like 30 minute sets. And he they ended cool. the 30 minutes that he ended with, um, he did a medley of uh, uh, la, 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 Space Oddity and mm-hmm. Day in the Life. Oh, wow. And a solo rendition of Day in the Life with all those crazy chords on guitar and stuff. It was yeah. like, you kind of got to work that shit out. Yeah, totally. It's just really impressive. It was wow. really good. I was like, that's one of the best things I've ever seen. Mm. And it just, I happened to catch it when he did it. And I was like, I don't think you, you would get, maybe you get that in a live performance, but then you'd have to be at that tour and that night and that mm. club. Yeah. Whereas everyone can watch that day's performance. Yeah. Like now there's an archive of that. Yeah. That you I can, can go I back and reference. Yeah. And what's funny is like, so in my own uh, health recovery thing, right? Mm-hmm. I just chose to, uh, since I couldn't drum for six weeks, I was like, I'll just mm-hmm. practice my singing. I've never sung. I've never practiced singing. I don't know mm-hmm. what I'm doing. I asked some singers about technique and they told me I fucked it up. So I was like, just do it. <laughs> and I'd be all choky and like all weird and say, well, I'm going to practice his stuff because he does like the Robert Plant like falsetto stuff. Yeah. So great. If I can at least do a little bit of that, then I'll have some range. Mm-hmm. And it's not songs that are played every day because he's not not that famous. Mm. And so there's this one song that I kind of latched onto, and I won't go into it now. It's too it's too personal, but okay. I can tell you off air. Yeah, but um, yeah, it has to do with some life shit. Yeah, but um, there's this one part in the song that he, that I kept jacking up the lyrics because it doesn't quite go in the right thing so what i'd sing along with it be like damn it and i'd be like ah and so i rewind like youtube of that song you know yeah like, okay don't fuck it up this time and so then i get it you know great and then the next day i would like okay i get it and then like three days later i totally jack it up again mm. so now i'm watching his live stream and I go fuck he's playing that song this is gonna be awesome Whoa. he jacked it up worse than i did <laughs> 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 he forgot the lyrics it's like three different phrases and he sang the yeah. same phrase times it's just wrong that's so funny and i was like yes thank you i'm not the only one that just totally jacks it up you know oh totally and he played it off like he wasn't making any mistakes yeah yeah he totally and and, and there's one part where he went from you know head chest voice uh, to head voice Mm -hmm. and he just like lost his note he's like "Ah, ah," i was like that's me that's me so it's been really good to like just you can't, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's cool to see people in their living room a little more casual. Yeah. Yeah, man, it does give a different perspective on things. And it's nice to hear you say that uh, because I've had a fairly negative opinion of the whole Instagram live thing. Not that I've been against it, but just for myself, like I don't, I don't enjoy doing it. So I just had, um, yesterday i think it was uh some friends put together well i guess i played two days ago but some friends put together this like three-day live I saw, YouTube. Yeah. yeah 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 that thing the canceled um, festival or whatever yeah <laughs> yeah we called it canceled fest yeah and, that's good that's yeah it's really smart yeah it was super funny i loved it um but uh you know i 
I set up some like purple lights in my room and I like put some lights on the piano and I just, you know, like I, I, I made this show atmosphere and then I put my phone up and I connect to the thing that I'm supposed to connect to. And I play, you know, the set of music for my phone. And then at the end of every (laughs) song, I'm like, thanks for listening but i'm like i'm not i'm not seeing anyone i'm not interacting with anyone but like because of the way that they were doing the software and like sending it to youtube i knew that like 50 people were watching or something but there was zero there was zero interaction with me and the people that were watching yeah if it's facebook live at least they can send comments exactly yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it was just this really very awkward, like weird experience of knowing that I'm playing for someone, but really yeah. just having having no interaction with them at all. Yeah. So yeah, I think I would screw or screw around with that element. Yeah, man. The third element is you have finally finally you have control over your audience. <laughs> 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 you know what I'm saying. That's funny, man. Right, right now you have control. You can tell them. Would you please be quiet? It's like, <laughs> thank you, <laughs> or whatever. Right? Yeah. They, you, have you seen those karaoke mic mics that have the built-in applause? It's so cheesy. <laughs> like that's what you need right now. It's like that's the moment. <laughs> it's so handy. <laughs> that's good, man. That's really good. Yeah, you can have fun with that next time. Just like. Yeah, totally. Like, thank you, thank you, thank you. No, nah, not you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This guy, uh, you know, who Reggie Watts is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he pl- he played. I was watching him do like a live thing, and he was he was doing that. He was making all these bits about it. It was really funny. Yeah, he had this whole bit during his set where um, he had these guitar pedals that he was running his mic into. Uh, but it wasn't working at all. Like the 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 mic wasn't going through the guitar pedals. But he oh, was no. act, he was acting as if it was working, and it was oh. uh, it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. It's brilliant. Um, if that shit goes bad. I it's the worst. <laughs> I played I, I played for drum festivals where like the electronic guys sponsored us, and we had to play like the Roland oh. stuff. But yeah. then guy's power supply blew up and mm. in the middle of the performance you're like doo, doo, doo. <laughs> <laughs> i got nothing man yeah. it's the worst it's the worst yeah. or like you do a solo and the, your mic's not on it happens mm. all the time you know it's like uh yeah, yeah. technology is supposed to make our life better and when it when it doesn't work it's it's way frustrating like i've been uh I've been teaching a lot of online lessons the past couple of weeks and man, it is, it is stressful and it is difficult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you ever, have you ever gotten into teaching online lessons? I did for a minute when I was um, teaching at university and then I was on tour a bunch. Uh-huh. I did a couple of like solid weeks of like everybody sign in and it just gives people more of an excuse to flake or not really get their shit together because there's this yeah. delay teaching. and then if the guys who really need a lesson and need need help you can't really hear what they're doing yeah it's a little flat 
So you can teach ideas and rhythms and, and notes on a page. You can say, yeah, you missed a shark there. A little technical, but I think, um, well, this is one thing though, now that everybody is, all the universities are online for the rest of the year, it's cool that it happened mid semester so that people didn't have to get a syllabus together. Mm. My fear from all of this is that once it does this, the big money makers for the universities, this mm -hmm. is another social experiment to watch, right? So the biggest money makers for music departments are the ones not for musicians. They lose money on you because you're one teacher they got to pay for one student. Totally. If they have one teacher teaching class of 50 people like history of rock and roll, yeah. they make money. But if you're suddenly forced to put that online with a curriculum and a syllabus and, and, a, and a class schedule that reads like this, once that's codified, they don't need a musician, a musician to teach that. Yes. They get a TA to teach that, and now your class is nixed, and they're making money and pay, paying, you know, not paying a TA. Yeah. I'm really fearful that now that this stuff is going online, you know, we have opportunity to be further downsized by the situation. So I've been telling people, friends of mine that are teaching universities, like FaceTime. Teach all of, all of your classes, even if it's an ensemble, like don't make an assignment and have everybody send it to you. It's like just get on the thing and say, all right, everyone take notes. I'm going to talk now. Because mm. it can't replace you. Yeah. I hear you, man. I feel like I feel like a lot of industries are heading that way with like automation in general and yep. all the talk of like universal basic income and all that. It's kind of a interesting yep. direction that things are headed. Yeah. But it's yeah. like for me, you know, uh, a very large portion of the value of going to a music school is, you know, hanging out with other musicians. Oh, yeah. So if that, you know, if that's going to be off the table, it's only it's only another reason why it's just not necessary. An ensemble. You yeah. got to play with some people. Totally. Yeah. 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 I mean, anything like you were asking about the Insta Live, it's like at a certain point, uh, well, you can play your songs and you can do your thing and it's mm -hmm. it's cool. But it's so you're making content for TV, basically, in yeah. a modern world, right? So that's a lot different than a live performance. Mm. Yeah, live, live performance, you're really feeling the air move. You're really feeling the energy in the room, and you're seeing the reactions of people. And, you know, you always play better in front of people. Mm. It's a human experience. I mean, and, and isn't music was always functional before it became like, recorded and and live commodities mm. right it was like you play music for a funeral you play music someone got married you play music like in africa they have this instrument it's like a predecessor of xylophones called jill mm. and jill guy sings and plays the thing and he has a song for like the guy who's going to build his house for his future wife mm. they have a song for that, and he just shows up and he plays for the guy wow Stuff like that, like the little yeah. Disney, like, yeah. Hmm. You're 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 in the you're in the fields, uh, harvest time. They got a song for that. Hmm. 
So that's at least for them, that's the roots of their their deal, which is that's pretty cool. Yeah, man. I think the like the closest thing we could have to that is like the happy birthday song. Happy birthday, uh wedding songs. Graduation uh, songs. Graduation. Yeah, I mean and also like uh um I guess uh every every generation has a the soundtrack of your life. Mm. When I was a kid, we did this, and it's all just gonna follow you around till you're dead, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Restaurant, you go. Oh man, it's '90s night. You're like, great. <laughs> Whatever, you know. It's just silly, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. He's Dude. kind of adorable. Who's kind of adorable? It's kind of adorable when when people get into that though, that nostalgia thing, mm. where it's like. You know, that's the thing when you were 14 it hit the sweet spot and it, it, it hits you and it, you know, like you, like you say, your evolution, it takes you back a few notches. Yeah. 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 And you've already forgotten all the bad shit from that era and you just remember the good shit. Yeah, man. Yeah. Nostalgia is a, it's a, it's a dangerously powerful thing. And that's what we got to do. The ACDC tribute band is to make money on nostalgia. Hell yeah! Because it's <laughs> if, if you know me, you know I love making money. That's <laughs> my it's my number one priority. <laughs> so who who is gonna sing this damn thing? I don't know. We need we need some girl who could do it. I mean, Brian Johnson's out of work. Oh, he should he could do it <laughs> He's probably right now. <laughs> I'll just uh, I'll hit him on Twitter. <laughs> It's really weird, but I I I, ha- I have the email for his wife. Oh, nice! It's really random. But I yeah. emailed her about six months, and she never replied. So, huh. well, she might know. be ambushed with all kinds of shit. Can you only <laughs> imagine? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, man. Yeah, but that'd be fun. We have to find somebody who can sing it. That's gonna be the hardest part. Yeah, I mean, I could. I I I can't do it. Not 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 in any way where it would be a performance. I could sing it as a rehearsal, but I'm I'm not, I'm not gonna. I can't I can't front an ACDC band. That's wild. Who can? We'll find someone. Some some girl who like graduated MI a couple of years ago. Some there's there's someone out there who would. Who would love to do that and have fun? I thought you knew somebody who would be super interested in that. Hmm. Hmm. I'll have to think about it. Maybe yeah. I, I forgot somebody's name. I forgot. Yeah. No worries. Dude, thank you so much for this. Yeah, it's fun. This has been super fun hanging out and talking. I'm sorry I had no food for you. No food? Are you supposed to bring food? Yeah, I should offer you something to eat and we're going to hang. I was like... uh, (laughs) That would have been good. Before we we sign off, do you have any uh, final words of wisdom or anything? Oh, man. Uh, For for this time in life? For, uh, let's say for me. You've known me for a bit. You know my, uh, you know some of my quirks. What, uh, Uh what, What have you got for me, man? What have I got for you? Well, um, if you're worried about how it's going to go, yeah, everyone's worried how it's going to go. Hell yeah. 
So, you know, it's, it's going to figure itself out yeah, man. and we're pretty adaptable people. I think, yeah. I think we're, we're, we're in the upper percentage of adaptable humans. So, mm. um, so we'll, we'll figure it out. Hell but I'm yeah. glad in LA that's, that's good news for me. Fuck so, yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll definitely, uh, I got your back. So no worries on that. Hell yeah, man. We'll out. Armageddon comes, you know, I, I, I guess I can bring some guns from here. We'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. I'll be like, Chris, yeah. head, head back to North Carolina real quick. Get your guns. Need an extra gun and some toilet paper from the black neighborhood. Yeah, totally. You make it stop like over in like Mississippi or something. Like, Don't worry, man. I got you. <laughs> that's so funny man well um as i already told you previously this this podcast is called will you be my friend and the reason i've named it that is because i feel like in in my like my age like late 20s feels like a particularly lonely age mm-hmm. um you know having like graduated college being out on my own or whatever and there are a lot of times where i'm like <clears throat> out at a show or something and I meet somebody new and there's a part of me that feels like I'm in grade school again. And I want to like pull them aside and ask them like, Hey, you, would you, would you like want to be friends with me? And, yep. uh, so I have, I've done a fair amount of live podcasts here at my place. And when I do them live here, I like pass a little note to my guest as if we were in class, like passing notes to each other in grade school. Uh, so I, I can't, I obviously can't pass an actual note to you, but I've, I've prepared a virtual note. Okay. Okay. To pass to you over the interweb. So here, I'm going to pull this up in our little application. Are you seeing that at all? Yes. Cool. So for our, for, for our listeners, you could, uh, you could read that if you'd like. Okay. Dear Chris, from a walk around the lake to a year full of likes on my Instagram songs, you've quickly become one of my most consistent sources of encouragement. And it all means so much coming from a great musician like yourself. Thank you, man. I can't wait to hang and play once all this Corona shit blows over. So anyways, want to keep being friends? Yes or no? That would so, be a yes. Hell yeah. There's actually a, uh, there's a way that you can draw on it and mark each box. Oh yeah. Can you choose a color too? Let's yeah. go with green. Go with hell green. Yeah. Hell yeah. That way. That's good. Okay. Enter. Okay. Okay. Not letting me out a little function though, but okay. Well, it's not letting me do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. That's uh Yeah, it's okay. It's all good. No worries. We're going to make it. We're going to make it happen. Okay, it's going to happen now. Like this. We're committed. We're, We're committed, committed to the to the physical check mark. Yeah, it's just like it's being a little bitch right now. Yeah. But that's okay. No worries. But yeah, man, that is, uh, that's the show. That's, that's how we do it around here. Excellent. Well, hopefully there'll be a volume two. And um, I always uh, w- wanted to have like a show where, you know, like, okay, so like you always tiptoe around topics and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, like, what if you had like 
see, okay, we each get like three minutes of pure negativity to talk <laughs> the worst about everything. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like that, maybe that could be a, a very creative way of like, you know, you can't just like tip or tiptoe around something. You've got to get to the point of it. Like, <laughs> you only have three minutes to get out your worst, and then the rest is just like hanging out. That's funny. Do you do it up front? Maybe. I tried, it on, a... I tried it on social media a couple times where I just said, okay, everyone, uh, three minutes of negativity, go ahead. Or three minutes of like blatant racism. You don't mean it, but just say something racist and no one would do it. <laughs> but like, if you don't mean it, like just try it, you know? And everyone's like, uh, no one wants to go on record. Yeah, the difficult thing about the internet is the permanence of things. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, it's frightening. So what I had to say, like, let's pick um let's pick a topic that it's okay to talk shit about. Mm. Let's talk about Monsanto for six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. I guess that okay. would be like a comedy central roast kind of a thing. I love those. I don't Do think just... I've ever flavor flav. Flavor flav is rough. <laughs> that roast they shut down a rehearsal once. We were just like, oh no, it was really whew. Wow. I haven't yeah. I haven't listened to that one yet. I heard he's like in his fifties or sixties though, currently. Flame of Flame? Yeah. Oh, probably. He was kind of old when he hit. Isn't that wild? That's crazy. Yeah. In that's my so mind, he's like forever in his thirties, but I guess that's the thing with human beings is they continue aging. Yeah, and then you like you forget about it. And, like thirty years later, like what the hell happened? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, dude. So we don't we don't have to sign off the call just yet, but let's uh, let's sign off of podcast world. Thank you, thank you, thank you. See you next time. Peace. <laughs>